0: Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 71. This week on the show, I've got two guys from the band Caskets, and that is Benji and Craig. This conversation was a lot of fun for me. They've got a new album getting ready to come out in August. So, we're very early in the album cycle, but had a great time talking to them about kind of the evolution of sound, how COVID affected the writing process, and everything that they were doing around this album. We talked about signing to Sharp Tone Records, uh, and yeah, a bunch of other stuff. Really enjoyed this conversation, appreciate them taking the time to get on Zoom on a Sunday and... Talk to me and and give you guys just some really cool insight into the band, the new album, and everything that they're working on. Uh, This band definitely needs to be on your radar. They're already starting to blow up, but I really think that these guys are going to make such a huge impact in the music industry over the course of the next year. I think you're going to start hearing their name a lot more. You're going to start hearing their songs a lot more, and it's going to be one of those bands that your friends are talking about and, you know, pulling the whole, have you heard of thing out, so you guys should be the first ones to tell all your friends about Caskets. For now, though, let's jump into my conversation with Benji and Craig of Caskets.
1: So uh, yeah, let's go ahead and and kick it off um, with your names, what you do in the band and, you know, how how music really formed in your life.
2: Okay, I'm Benji from Caskets. Um, I play uh, guitar and uh, write a lot of the stuff. Um, Basically, my musical background has has been music for as long as I can remember, really. Um, I've been in bands for, I don't know, as long as I care to say, right. <laughs> um, but like, um, yeah, we, we, we kind of started caskets like two, two and a bit years ago now, um, uh-huh. before it came public, me, me and a couple of the guys had a bit, a few bits going on um, and we started, you know, jamming stuff together, recording. Um, and then it kind of, it kind of came together when we found found Matt, our vocalist. Um, right. We'd heard of him before, but we we basically went. Me and the the bassist went to a, a Young Guns show in the UK, um, and his band was supporting. Um, and was like we were looking for a singer at the time, and it was like we we stood and looked at each other and went, "That's the guy." Yeah. Um, and then and then a couple of months later, that that band that he was previously in split up, and was like, "Matt, come over, come right. over here." Yeah. <laughs> That, that,
1: that's kind of the start of Caskets. Awesome. Um, so, uh, Craig, if you want to go ahead and kind of introduce yourself, um, you know, what you do in the band and kind of how music formed in, in your life. Yeah,
3: no problem. Uh, so, Craig, play the other guitar for Caskets. Uh, music, wow, um, same as Benji, as long as I can remember, really. Um, I don't ever remember a time where I wasn't. So all the way through school didn't care about school whatsoever uh, the only subject I cared about was music uh, <laughs> left school and just did music throughout really've uh, been in various bands over the years. Uh, met these guys um, well I thought I met Benji for, like many years ago just from their local like stuff like that so I guess me and Benji were friends kind of. You know, like, you meet so many band dudes. (laughs) Right. Oh, yeah. no. I know this guy kind of thing. And um, I met Chris as well through another mutual friend, uh, the bass player from the band. And he was... uh, The opportunity to join the band kind of presented itself one day. And um, it was kind of like, do you want to join in? It's like, well, yeah, do it. And then that's kind of where we
1: are now. Awesome. Um, So like Benji said, you guys have kind of been around for a few years, really became like public over the last like two. Um, Was there a moment in that kind of early stage where it was like, we're not sure if this is what we want to do or did it just click that this is the right lineup, we know what we're doing and how we want to kind of progress?
2: Yeah, I think um, as soon as we kind of got um, Matt on the tracks, we kind of know knew that we had something kind of special mm-hmm. without trying to sound like we're blowing our own trumpets like <laughs> we knew this was like slightly different from um a lot of the bands out there um and that it was kind of like a a modern take on on metalcore and and post hardcore and we, and Matt delivers a lot of emotion um through his lyrics through his vocals yeah. So we, we was always like, we've got something decent here. Let's push it as far as we can. Um, and there's still times now where we're all pinching ourselves that the response has been that good to the music. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. We were extremely humbled by, like, how many people, like, just take the time
4: out to listen to us these days. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like when, you know, like when you're younger, and, you know, you put music out and, like, if, if, like, two or three people cared, you'd be like, yeah, that's awesome. So, like, now when, like, a lot of people care, it's kind of like Benji just said, it's like, this is weird. Like, it, you almost don't feel like it's real sometimes. But, right. but I also think on, on that um, on that note that, you know, if you make
2: music from the heart and, you know, that means a lot to you and speaks to you, then it is going to connect with people, Like,
4: right? Yeah, our, our lyrics especially are very genuine as well. There's no, like... You know, oh, that'll sound cool, sort of thing. Like everything you hear is like very much genuine, like life experience or feeling or something like that. Yeah, sure.
1: yeah, and that's something I've said, you know, for a long time, is that like authenticity breeds the the fan base, right? Like if you're authentic and real about what you're putting out, like Benji said, it's going to resonate with other people. So that's where you really start building those those core fans and breaking down some barriers. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah completely agree yeah so uh according to spotify you guys have about two hundred and fifty thousand monthly listeners being a band from a relatively small area of the uk what does that really like impact and, and mean to you
2: um that, that's a really difficult one to answer but it's kind of like um it's great to have so many listeners on on spotify and and stuff but it's it's the connections with the fans that we really like value more, more than, you know, stats. Right. Um, You know, people can listen to you on, on Spotify, uh, but then sometimes, you know, maybe they'll never come to a show and like that, that's completely up to them. Um, We we really, anyone who takes a moment to listen to our music, we appreciate anyway. Right. Uh, But again, that they're only, they're only stats and, you know, we're, yeah, I mean, we're really grateful for for the, the amount of people that do listen to us, but um, it it's kind of like, uh, it, I don't know, it's a, it's a weird question to answer.
4: That. <laughs> yeah, well, the numbers they're like obviously the numbers look great, and that's all of the, but that's You know, it's great, but um, then you remember that like each plays a person checking out your band as well. Yeah, So yeah. I think. Uh, yeah, it's a, like I say, it's a weird one because uh, it is just a number. But then when you actually put it into perspective, like that's two hundred and
1: fifty thousand people, like checking out our music every month, right. which is and killer. It, yeah, and I, I think, if correct me if I'm wrong, Benji. I think where you're trying to go with that is like it's one thing to just have the stream, but the people that are jumping on like Instagram and interacting or showing up at shows are yeah. not necessarily more meaningful, but it's more real at that point, right? Yeah, for yes. sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
2: And and we've always had great interaction with with our fans. Like, um, we we take the time out of every day to to reply to every comment to to, to reply to every you know YouTube comment, Instagram, uh, Facebook. If if someone's got the time to to check out our music, then we've got the time to you know give them yeah. a moment of ours to to yeah. speak.
1: Yeah, I, and I think that shows kind of a like a humbleness and a gratitude, right? Like, because there's so many artists that, cool, you know, not trying to put anybody on blast, but there's some artists that get, you know, a thousand comments on a photo and don't reply to a single one and just kind of take it run. Whereas when you guys get comments or whatever, it's an opportunity to say thank you to the fan.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I- Every band is is no, it isn't even a band without the fans. Right.
4: Yeah, otherwise, you just like four or five dudes just play music. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's uh, like without people caring, it's like, yeah, you, you're never going to be
1: anything. And we, we do try. And so put let's a big, talk a little bit about. Go ahead. What were
2: you saying, Benji? Oh, we do, I was just saying there, uh, we do try to put a big focus on. Um,
1: giving, giving stuff back to the fans, you know, yeah. we won't be here without them. Yeah. Well, and I, I, again, I think that that still shows like that humble roots and gratitude versus bands that, you know, are on the same level of success or even beyond that it almost becomes a, an inconvenience to them in their mind, maybe to sit and reply for an hour a day or whatever it is. Um, but again, going back to the authenticity and that real connection with fans, I think that's where you guys have an advantage.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we do. And it's, um, you know, it, like, sometimes you can be sat there and for a good hour, two hours, but you know, it's never, it's never a hardship. It's always like, it's always, you know, you know, you're doing something good by replying to these, these people that have taken the time to check music out and stuff. And, you know, you get a good feeling at the end of it as well. Right, but then then there's the vicious cycle though. so once you've replied you'll probably get another reply and then you reply again (laughs) so you're kind of making your own work sometimes as well but you know it's,
1: it's all good but it's it's also nice because you know like you're saying it's allowing you to do what you love right like you wouldn't be a band if there weren't people supporting you so to give an extra 20 minutes to reply or whatever it is like I still get to do what I love because of this person and because of their friends or whatever. Yeah. Exactly.
4: Yeah. yeah, And then, you know, you, you kind of building your own mini connection with each person as well. You know, if they've had a, a, like a personal interaction with you and you meet them at a show kind of thing, they're like, Oh, I, I spoke to Matt. I spoke, spoke to Benji on Facebook kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? That's just, it's yeah. an easy, it's an easy way to connect with people. And, you know, it's a bit of time and a bit of effort. It goes a long way.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I, I think, you know, not saying that fans need to try this all the time or anything, but like those connections and, and networking type things, when you get a band and you're up and coming, you can pass music along or whatever and, and maybe get some pointers or you guys may find a band through a fan that is like, Oh shit, they could be an opener for us. Like it, it just helps breed that network of the, the scene, the music scene and, and, you know, helps grow.
2: Yeah, yeah. for sure. It, it's all about connections and whether that's connections with fans, connections with, you know, um, fans who like other bands and then they're, it, it, it's like a network, honestly. It, it really is. And taking the time to, to like kind of nurture that, um, those kind of relationships is really worth it for us yeah, anyway. Like really. we, we value that above a lot of stuff.
1: Awesome. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about the, the new album. Uh, we have a couple months before fans are going to be able to hear it. It's uh, dropping August 13th. Um, you guys signed to Sharptone Records. Let's talk about that relationship to start with, because Sharptone has been killing the game over the last couple of years. Um, kind of go through that, how that all started for you and, and what that relationship means.
2: Um, so, so we've been talking to Sharp Tone for quite a long time um after we released the ep we did like um kind of like a showcase show in down in london uh it was a free show um had quite a few people down um but a few record labels down um there was sean there from Shout tone uh, yeah. a few american labels uh, a few booking
4: agents and stuff like that um, at what I'm, point do we say that the gig sucked can we say
2: <laughs> no? No, the, the gig was really good. Um, <laughs> just technical problems. <laughs> no, not none of that really. It was just like uh, it was a bit of a strange one because it it was just for us. It was a way of opening up communication between labels and stuff. Right. Um, we didn't expect anything from it. From it, you know, we just released the EP. We didn't have, we didn't have the listeners. We didn't have the numbers, but we yeah, kind of yeah. wanted to get on their radar. Uh, and from then on, we, we started going back and forth with Sean from Sharptown. Um, and, and that period took maybe maybe like 18 months until we actually put pen to paper. M- maybe even a, a, a yeah. tad longer. Um, but we really felt like they were the label for us. They have so many awesome bands on it. Um, really awesome people. They're open to, to, to anything you suggest. They'll be like, yeah, let let's go with it. Let's work, let's work with it.
4: Yeah, the very the very approach for any ideas we've got for anything, like, they'll definitely hear it out whether it's like the worst idea in the world. They'll take the time to play. You no, know, I just checked this out. They're like, yeah, that's cool. Oh no, that totally sucks. We're not doing that. And I'm just kind of well, yeah. Well, thanks for you know bearing it in mind, sort of thing. But yeah, yeah. Sean, Sean is awesome. Sean's great. And you yeah, know, well, I mean,
2: this this band has kind of a few like. Um, wacky ideas sometimes so <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't give anything away at the moment but um, there's stuff we're working on in the pipeline that you know most labels will just say no to whereas um, they're, they're being really flexible with us and you know what, what we want to do and how, how uh, uh, like kind of different ways to portray the message especially during COVID, um, right. COVID times
1: you've got to be so savvy nowadays with with getting music out there, yeah, and I, I think that's something that you know, Sharp Tone, specifically from my side of of the music industry, that I've noticed is like they're willing to to experiment and try things, and like you said, they're giving you enough freedom to at least pitch ideas, and then they can kind of corral it a little bit and be like, well, you know, maybe we've tried that before and that didn't really go well, so let's tweak it a little bit.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, whereas, you know, a lot of major labels, it's no, that doesn't fit in our cookie cutter way of of doing things. So that's not going to happen.
2: Yeah, exactly. I I think now more than ever you need to be um, slightly bit different in the way you present things. Um, just just because at the minute yeah. there's no live shows going on. Um, well, at, at least not where we are.
4: No, <laughs> <You know>? no, <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> so you have kind of got to be a bit quirky with how you how you do stuff. Um, and again, we're always looking for the, the, those extra ways to reach out to the fans. So we, we've, we have got a couple of things coming up in the next few months um, yeah. that will, re- will re- be <laughs> revealed soon. Um, yeah. that's, that's just going to probably add another dimension to that, that connection. And um, hopefully loads of people will be on board.
1: Right. Yeah, I think, you know, like you said earlier, with COVID especially, like, nobody in in any industry has ever been through something like this. So being able to to tweak and come up with, you know, live streams or whatever the case may be, even just little Instagram lives so that fans can ask questions and hang out, like, those things, I think, are so impactful now because when COVID locked everything down, it really kind of leveled the playing field, right? Like, it didn't matter how big your band is, everybody has to do the same stuff now.
4: Yeah, you've got to basically take it online, or you're not going to be able to do anything for the foreseeable future, kind of thing. And we we were very aware of that when it all happened. We were like, right, how do we how do we do things? How do we do new things without actually doing anything? You know, it's all right. just going to be interaction based. Um, but I think we had, I think we had, uh, a lot of a lot of bands in the industry just handled it really well, kind of thing. Yeah. It was just, you had no other choice, and. Right. Uh, I like to think we handled it pretty well. We did uh, the first live stream we did uh, when COVID hit. It was no, so, it wasn't a disaster. It, 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 it was so, not a disaster. It looked so bad, <laughs> but it was. It, it started off really bad. It was really hard and things like that, and you know, figuring out things and stuff. And then you know, after you've had like four or five beers, it went great. Yeah, so I don't know. Actually, I don't know if it actually went great, but
1: in my head, it went fantastic
4: <laughs> towards the end.
1: i've said you know like with live streams i don't think a lot of fans fully grasp how difficult it is for the band side of of that production right like you're used to performing and getting that immediate feedback hearing the crowd sing seeing where their energy level is and now it's cool we have this camera that we're performing to and we can't tell if they're into it or not
2: yeah yeah we did this um we did like a live set for Octane recently, um, along with a few other bands. Um, and basically that was the first time we'd all played together live for well, it was over a year. Our last show was in you no know, October 2019. Yeah. Um we and and like it, it literally took us two takes, but like trying to perform live to a camp like to two guys going you know, roaming, following you around the room with a camera. It's just like, this is weird. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it yeah. was like a little little uh, studio practice space kind of thing. Yeah. So you, we, we did feel a bit on edge, but you've just got to go with the flow. And it was really nice to just get back in a room and, and play some
1: music with, with the guys, to be honest. Yeah, and as much as it's for fans, at some point, it's just as much for you guys right like you said it had been over a year since you've really got together and played
2: yeah yeah for playing live like as a band like if you don't enjoy playing live then i, d- I don't want to say call it a day but
4: yeah <laughs> 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 another interesting point to mention on the uh, live stream thing is i uh, we just updated the like the way we were like a set of life setup, and things like that. So like we're using like helix racks and stuff like that. And we just invested in the floorboards. So it's easier to fly, you know, to like stick in a suitcase right. on a plane or whatever. So we got it all set up and I hadn't, uh, I personally hadn't like dealt with the setup of the floorboard. So Benji sets mine up for me and puts it in front of me. And I just look at it and be like, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> What the hell is this <laughs> it's exactly the same as the rack what it's on a floorboard now so yeah, but i'm gonna use my feet I'm like what <laughs> but you know i'm over yeah. 30 so it's uh you know things are getting a little bit harder <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah technology has moved the, the industry so far now you know mm-hmm. for not that you're older you know i'm 36 but like there have definitely been shows that i've went to even and i'm like what the hell are they using like that's yeah. not anything i'm used to seeing <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's how I
4: felt. I mean, it's a great piece of kit. It's awesome, but when they put it in front of me, I was just kind of like, hmm, okay. He's got, yeah. got colored buttons on it. I like that. <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so for the lockdown for you guys, the UK has been pretty strict about a lot of stuff. Um, have they kind of given you guys a timeline of when like, shows and stuff like that may potentially come back? Um June the
4: 21st is when all restrictions are going to be lifted potentially and you know uh that'll be under review. So another another month or so. But you know, there's a lot of festivals planned for the UK, but whether they'll go ahead or not, I'm not sure. Um it just depends on the screening process for COVID and things like that. But um fingers think, crossed in about a month's time. Our big thing as a band is we,
2: we've got a tour coming up in um November. October with Normandy and Thousand Below, um, and the UK looks good for those dates. But it's a it's also part it's a European and UK tour. Yeah, so we are kind of like crossing his fingers that everything's going to be good in Europe at that time as well, because it's crossing a lot of borders and
4: and obviously at the minute as, as yeah soon as also, also Brexit as well. We're also dealing with the aftermath of Brexit. Yeah, yeah. So So it's kind
2: of of like fingers crossed at the moment.
1: Awesome. Um, What's the not to get like political with all this or anything, but like, what's the um, vaccination process and stuff like that look like over there? Because in the U.S., they finally have started saying, you know, like literally, I think it was the end of this last week. um, If you're fully vaccinated, now you don't have to wear masks out, things like that. We've got these little cards once you get vaccinated. Is that something that that they're trying over there to hopefully, you know, limit how many people have to wear masks or lift some of those guidelines? I feel like in the UK, the masks aren't a huge deal. Um,
4: Obviously, some people have got issues with them and don't want to wear them, they can't wear them and whatnot. In in opposed to the States, I know a lot of people are like, like, I'm not wearing a mask kind of thing. Um, It's not really like (laughs) that in the UK. Everyone kind of just does it. You know, it's it's a it's an English thing. You know, we love queuing. Everyone right, says lie. sorry for no reason all of the time. You know, do I, I've got to wear a mask? Okay, I'll just do it sort of thing. So, um, I don't know how that will come into play after June the twenty first. I assume like the supermarkets and the indoor venues and stuff will still have the masks in place, just like it is now. Uh, Small businesses will probably just have to decide themselves whether it's gonna like if you have to wear one and whatnot in terms of venues, uh, I have no idea how that's going to go down. I mean, what what's the deal with American venues
1: at the moment inside? Um, reduced capacity, but they are allowing it. Um, they're doing some social distancing in different areas. And then some are like extremely heavy on either you're vaccinated or you wear a mask period, you know, um, in my area, I'm in the Midwest, I'm in Indiana. So, um, we're doing a lot more of reduced capacity, and then we've got a couple venues that we're like, you know what, let's let's use our parking lot instead and just make it an outdoor venue for the time being, <laughs> and then we can just socially distance, and yeah. it's it's been much better reception that way because people don't feel as confined by it.
2: I cannot wait to see a uh, socially dish- distanced mosh fit. It's super <laughs> weird, you know, like... <laughs>
1: The, would like, like,
4: like it'd just like a,
1: it would <laughs> <laughs> be just like a hardcore show. Yeah, like a bunch of different little mini pits going on. And
4: <laughs> yeah, literally, like, stay
1: away from me. No, sure. yeah. no, it, I haven't been to, there's one venue um, about an hour south of me that I really want to go to. They did, they've got, they're calling it the Annex, but it's that parking lot style. And I really want to get down there for a show because the shows in their venue are always super good so i'm hoping that the same people are bringing the same energy just six feet apart so (laughs) i think i think people are just going to be very
4: excited to get back to shows uh i think they'll just kind of be like you have to do this you have to wear a silly hat and no shoes to come in yeah cool whatever right who cares i get to see live music (laughs) yeah yeah
1: exactly awesome uh so let's talk a little bit about um we started to get on it and then I deterred us a little bit, but um, let's dive into the the new album, the debut album, Lost Souls. Obviously, this has been a, a work in progress for a while for you guys. Let's start with the impact that COVID had on the writing and recording process of that album. Wow. Thank <laughs> you. <girl>. Uh,
2: <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's it's so weird, like that. Um, this one. Um, we started writing it. Probably well, I I started a few songs on it even before the the EP had been released. So that that was back in 2019. Yeah. Um and we we had it booked to to go record in Germany in June twenty June twenty twenty. With a view to release it the back end. So so maybe like October twenty twenty. Um, but then all the restrictions came in place so we couldn't go out to Germany um, then at that point um, we was kind of in advanced talks with Sharptone. we hadn't signed anything but um, we was about to and there was like well look we we know this producer uh, he's the UK he's from the UK he does great work he's worked on Hold and Absence, Bury tomorrow etc so they introduced us to Dan Weller Um, And then from there, we was like, well, Dan's UK-based, so we can kind of try and get around the restrictions somewhat. Right. Um, And then we kind of set the ball rolling with him, and we started recording the album in August um, last year. Um, We did the drums at Vader Studios. Um, It was all like... Uh, it was a it was an experience for us because we'd never gone into like a full-blown studio and this right. place had a desk like that was oh, 12, yeah. 12 feet wide and uh, it was nuts. And then after we'd done the drums, we went into Chris's shed <laughs> to record everything else. <laughs> um, just to just to save a bit of cash and you know, technically you can you can record guitars and bass anywhere. You could you could record them in a bus. Like it it doesn't make a difference. You don't need a big fancy studio for that. So we thought we we thought let's be closer to home. Covid's going on. Um, We can all stay in the same area and we're recording in this shed. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But like, apart from like preventing us traveling to Germany, like COVID did as a massive deal on being able to work with Dan. Like. Yeah. We'd, we'd have never been introduced to him. And I, I can say, like, this record would not be anything without him. No, exactly.
4: Um, he gave us it, a lot more time with the demos as well because of COVID, because of the delay for being able to get in with Dan as well. Um, yeah. We had, we had a lot more time to work on the songs, like pre production as well. So I think that massively helped and impacted the album's outcome as well.
2: So it's kind of like the, the songs have been able to shine by being delayed. Because we've right. been able to spend so much time with them. Um, and we're all absolutely like super proud of the result. Like in my eyes, like this album is is one of my best achievements currently in life. Currently, amazing. Currently. <laughs> currently, yeah, this, this album
4: too. <laughs> I will I will say the demo process while you're all trying to record at home with throwing ideas around is so long-winded. You know, if you're in a room it's like, yo, check the riff out, blah, blah blah. Don't like it. Sucks, get rid of it. Whereas, you play it, I'm going to save it. I'm going to bounce it down to an MP3. I'm going to send it to Benji. Benji doesn't look at it for two hours. right? (laughs) And then he'll send it back. You're like,
1: sucks, don't use it. (laughs) Yeah, and I've heard of so many bands, you know, using like Dropbox and stuff like that. And it's like, cool, we can be collaborative. But like you said, like, it drowns out that process a little bit where if you were in the same room, we can vote on if this is going to work or not but now it's in the dropbox or via text or whatever yeah and now i have to sit here and, and wonder if I keep exploring this riff or wait until i find out if they like it or not well, yeah the yeah. usual process is like
4: get them in it's like right, play the riff. it's like yeah okay right do this differently do this do this you just don't get that yeah. when you're doing it all digital. you just don't get that interaction you know, you kind of do it what you think is gonna be right, and then you know send it off. No, that's not right, and then you're like, oh, "Which bit's not right?" And it's just, uh, it's a nightmare. The, the kind, the kind of
2: good thing that benefited our, our band with this is like we're all kind of like semi-perfectionists, so right, we, we won't put anything. Like I will not put demos on the Dropbox that I'm not happy with. Yeah, and like I, I don't know. Maybe it's a personal trait, but like. If it's not if it's not good enough for me, it's not good enough for anyone else, you know what I mean. Good
4: enough for
3: me. <laughs> I'm so picky with music nowadays, like
4: Yeah, there has been times when ben just like, oh yeah, sad this like sick new songs. Like, can I hear it? Like, no. And it, it lands in the drop like a week later. It's like, oh, is this another one? It's like, no, this is the one from last week. I was just uh, perfecting it. Like, it's a it's a demo. Come on, it's a demo. Like, give me the demo, come on.
1: But doesn't that kind of help the, the final process? Cause you don't have to tweak as much from the demo. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah,
4: exactly.
1: Um, so at the very beginning, we talked a little bit of, about the writing process. Um, what exactly does that look like for you guys? Is it so, you know, so many bands it's lyrics and then let's figure out the track behind it. Is it more collaborative with you guys or kind of just what's that process look like when you're, Trying to construct a song.
2: It's generally me or Craig coming up with an initial, an ish, an, like an initial idea. So sometimes I'll come in with a chorus on instrumentals, um, or sometimes I'll come in with a full song. Um, that's maybe I, I tend to like chop off the bridge. I'm like, I want to hear what Matt's doing with this before I go that's any further. Right. <laughs> But then again, Matt can bring in, like... Um, it, it, Matt tends to like to write on acoustic. And then we've yeah. got to, like, translate that into a full band. Yeah. And so... And, and to be honest, that's usually when the magic happens. When it goes from a song that's not meant to be full band, but then you transform it. Um, yeah. And I, I, I will always... Th- Take like, um, I always remember a quote from when I was in college. A good song will work in any style. So kind of like taking Matt's acoustic stuff and putting it to full band is like what I really enjoy doing. Because well, what? If, it, if, if it's really strong there, then it's strong anyway. If it, it translates
4: over, over so many things. Yeah. So we had a little we had a little joke about this after the name change we changed the caskets it's like what you were just saying like a lot of the songs started off of acoustic and things like that so right so let's just do a side project where we just turn it all into country music and we'll just call ourselves baskets <laughs> country baskets. <laughs> I'm, tell- I'm telling you it would work and uh, I'm i'm still on that idea <laughs> i mean
1: it can't hurt to try it like uh, our last night you know they're they're doing their own music, but they do so many covers that so many band are, you know, people think that they're just a cover band. And, yeah. you know, it's worth a shot. At least put one Absolutely. up see how people react.
4: We, we all actually, like, whether everybody will admit it or not, we all actually quite, we all listen to quite a lot of country music. And I don't know if that's cool or not cool. <laughs> but... <laughs>
2: yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a weird one with our band because we've got so many influencers um like some of my i I like i don't want to point myself out as the main songwriter like musically but that tends to be the case um i don't really listen to like our style of music anymore i'm more like into john mayer um electronic stuff um stuff that takes me away from like um kind of the post-hardcore metalcore genre so when I when I yeah. do start writing, something, I feel I feel the power
4: and I am on, on the guitar and like yeah. write a riff. And I'm like, yeah, that that's sick. I think sometimes you can subconsciously be referencing like a, a track of a similar style as well if you're listening to it quite a lot. You find right. yourself writing stuff, and then you'll sit back and you kind of like, oh, have I just written something that sounds exactly like that band I was listening to earlier? Yeah, which, you know which can uh, it's a it's a big hindrance at some point you know if you're just listening to the same music that you're trying to write as well so yeah that's why i i listen to a lot of like country stuff as well so it's it's just the the silky voice i'm a, i'm a sucker for a silky <laughs> southern uh
1: high yeah. Well, and and to be fair you know going back to uh john mayer that dude is an incredible guitarist like yes he is so <laughs> being able to even just pick up some of the stuff I'm like I never thought about that, but if I, you know, change the key or drop to the, the octaves or whatever, like I can, I can make something like that happen in us and you can Wait. still pull inspiration. Oh yeah, for
2: sure. And he, he's like one of the really great modern musicians, um, especially like modern blues playing on guitar. Yeah. In yeah. I've seen him like live five times now and he blows me away every time. <laughs>
1: and that's that's the beauty of music especially someone that talented is every time you go to a show it's not like okay i know what i'm going to get into you know like you go in with excitement every time
2: oh yeah yeah. and and the great thing that i really like about going to watch like kind of these big artists is it's not the the main artist that is the focus for me it's it's the full band and it's just made up of awesome musicians
1: yeah
4: um, yeah, you you they are not fumbling around when they're going. It's like, right? I need the drummer. Like, I need the best drummer in the world. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I need the best guitarist. I need the best bass player. I need the best backup singers.
2: And I think yeah, that they- translates to us as a band that we always want to try and be the best. Like when we go live, like our our aim when we go on stage is to be the best band of the night. Yeah. Um, and and I think. That, that's key to like some of our su- success you know um i'm not saying we're, we're the best band live because i don't think we are um <laughs> but
1: we we're, we're trying try. to be the best you know you know what i mean yeah and i mean i've i've told that to artists too like even if you're the opener like obviously you don't want to like steal time from anybody because that's a huge no-no but like no. your job as an opener is to get everybody ready at that show like Like, the crowd should be into it so even though you're opening and there may only be 50 people in the crowd at that moment like you should be trying to walk away with 50 new fans oh yeah precisely exactly um yeah and
2: you know when we go when we go live we want to kind of like oh people to like kind of sit back and go oh didn't expect that. Um, it's just just part of our ethos to like kind of work hard to be
4: the best we can. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah we've all we've all like got tickets for that show, and you kind of like you look at the lineup, you like oh, I don't need to be there early, sort of thing. And uh, you know we've all done it at some point, whether you want to admit it or not. You know we want to be like if we're opening, we want to be that band where somebody's thankful that they turned up
1: at to get in kind of thing yeah for sure um so on the new album you've already dropped a couple singles um glass heart has at least on spotify uh really killed it um you know you guys have uh currently let's pull that up real quick 2.2 million uh plays on spotify alone on glass heart so yeah so like let's talk a little bit about the The nerves going into a new album cycle. You know, you've had the EP, but uh, going into a new album cycle and start picking. Okay, what do we think we should lead with? How do we drop these singles? Things like that. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So there
4: was a there was a big debate on the on the singles. Uh, I still don't think everybody agrees. In fact, we had this conversation last week when we went we did a live stream straight after um, Lost and Echoes came out. And somebody had asked this exact question, being like, you know, how did you decide what singles you're going to release, kind of thing. And um, I think every all five of us, like, we, we all said, right, pick, uh, pick, I don't know, an amount of songs, maybe. Wow, finally, uh, gave something away then. <laughs> pick a bunch of songs, and uh, you know, we'll kind of figure out what we're going to release. And everybody basically brought different songs to the table. Mm-hmm. And we were like, wait, wait, you want that song? It's like, yeah, it's awesome. It's like, well, I want this song. He's like, no, no, it needs to be, oh. It went on for a long time. And I think in the end, I think we gave the, the, the final decision to Sharp Tone, didn't we? Because we couldn't really settle on it. Yeah. Yeah, we did.
2: We, the the album is like, it, it, it is completely us. However, there are loads of songs with loads of different influences on it. Um some are really heavy, some are really like eighty, kind of eighties vibe. Uh, some yeah. are poppy, some are. I don't. I don't know. We we've, we've really. It's an eclectic mix of styles, but originally, like the basis of the song, always sounds like us. So we were kind of like, do we go with something different, and kind of give them a taste of. The fans kind of like. Oh well. We like these this bits too. Or do we go like straight down the line? This is
4: like what we do best. Classic captives. Um, yeah. Caskets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but at the time ta- at the time it was that. No, at the time it was that. And I say that with uh yeah. the time in mind. So I, I think That's the cool. next the next few singles we've got coming up um are kind of uh that
2: well the next one's definitely more a bit rocky, it's got some riffs um it's a bit heavier um but we we kind of like to sprinkle it with with different stuff like we're we're not a one-trick pony um yeah and you know i always really appreciate bands that um evolve um for for example i'm I'm gonna use the biggest example possible bring me in the horizon like, That's who I usually go with when I try to talk about that sort of stuff. <laughs> you, you go with Semper album, absolutely masterpiece, Ammo. It, the, you cannot even compare the two albums, right. but the fans have gone with the album, you know, they've gone with the evolution, and we're kind of trying to do that because we are evolving as musicians, and, you know, we've got loads of different influences. Um, on a five-track EP, you only get to show so much but on an album right. you've got a, a lot more scope to
4: yeah it's just, yeah thrills. yeah on a five on a five track,er you like if you threw one in that was like you know different style it's just it's just going to stand out a mile away because it's only five tracks and it's right. like that one track sounds really different it's like but when you've got full album spread you know you can you can do two or three of those and they'll kind of just sit in place you know these two or three tracks are different to the rest but you know <laughs> We've still got we still got a good spread of the usual sort of sound or style, if you like. But yeah. well, the next but, single. Uh, well, this, this is kind
2: of spoiler alert, but the next okay. single. <laughs> is uh, uh, Yeah, it's a banger.
3: Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh,
1: I think that's the beauty, though, especially of a debut album, right? Like it really is a showcase of who the band is, even though you have an EP. The, the album, you can, like you said, kind of give a few different stylings and things like that and not be so set where people are going, man, this band used to just do this one style and now they're they're sprinkling in this other stuff, um, which something I've gotten away from. I've been in the music industry doing music journalism for about 15 years now. So one thing that I do is I try not to use the the genre labels anymore because nobody really fits in one box anymore. So like, you know, you guys post-hardcore metalcore is the easy one to, to say, but realistically, when you listen to the full spectrum of your music, you're not always going to be in one of those check boxes. No, absolutely. I don't think we want to be either as, as well. Right. I think right.
4: It, it can cause you a lot of damage just being like, we are this sort of music and we're, this is where we're going to stay sort of thing you know so for for the first album to have such a good like varying spread of music i think that's going to do us a lot of good because you know like in some examples like you'll find the like the first album that a band puts out it's almost like a throwaway album as so such mm-hmm. it's kind of like oh yeah the first album's out you know right now let's do what we really want to do kind of thing yeah but uh, yeah you know, I- we've we did, we, we did not want to do that at all. It was like, this first album needs to be like a uh, absolute beast. And, you know,
1: in my opinion, it is. Right. Yeah, and I think that's where the the old old school mentality of the sophomore slump came in, right? Like, so many bands would release that first album and it was all that one style of music. Then the second album came out and people were like, man, they're they're already like trying to be artsy or whatever it is. And it's like, but that's who they were before. You know, they just yeah. made too cookie cutter of an album to start with. Yeah, yeah absolutely.
2: absolutely. I, I think our, our kind of like ethos and, and mantra has always been, let's write the music that we enjoy. Right. And if we're really passionate about it, it translates into the album. And then hopefully the fans will be really passionate about that too.
1: Yeah. I mean, clearly at, at 2.2 million on Glass Heart already, you know, in one streaming service alone, I think that's the perfect example of if we're putting out music that we love, that we connect with, people are going to love and connect with it as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, like I come back to like, um, what we, we spoke about earlier, I won't give the guys a demo that I'm not, totally happy with and that i wouldn't listen to myself like yeah I, I think we'd be the first to admit like we've listened to our album like i don't know mil- hundreds of times <laughs> just because we enjoy it like um, yeah. Yeah. if we didn't if, yeah. we
1: didn't if we didn't enjoy the music we created then what would be the point and especially when you go to play it live right like cool right. i don't like this song so how much passion am I going to play it with yeah, yeah exactly
2: and I, I think that translates as, as we said before like the more passion you can put into music the more it translates to to real feelings and and, and stuff that fans and you know listeners can connect with yeah
1: totally agree uh so Lost and Echoes dropped uh about a week ago now uh, a little over a, a week. week um at 139,000 streams on Spotify currently. Um, and this particular song, Matt's lyrics are, are very personal, but still relatable. Um, obviously, you can't speak exactly for him in this, but let's talk a little bit about the mindset of making sure that all the music is um, meaningful and that, you know, like you guys said earlier, that it is a um from life experiences and things like that. How conscious of a decision is that?
4: I think I think when it comes to lyrics, um, you know, this might be a little bit of a boastful thing to say, but he, he's he's quite effortless, to be honest. Like the lyrics come quite easily. We kind of, you know, what 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 do we think this song's about? Because that's the other thing as well, the fans and other people listen to it, they'll interpret a song and the meaning behind it in a completely different way sometimes to what how we've written it and I think that's where we do well because like a lot of the lyrics are so personal but really relatable people pick up on it and it's kind of oh this song's about this and you know to them it, it will be about that but the original concept of whatever of the song how we've written it it'll be very personal to us um but you know and, and people can make sense of it that way and things like that and I think I think I think that's a good thing like not Nothing has one solid, unless we sat down and explained the song lyric by lyric to somebody. Right. Um, <laughs> everyone else has got their own interpretation of it. And I think that's a great thing. You know, if it helps people as well, you know, it's like this song, I can relate to this song. So like to a personal experience or something they're going through right now. And it helps them through it. Awesome.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so... We know we can't give away too much coming up to the album release yet, uh, especially with Lost in Echoes just recently dropping. Um, But let's talk a little bit about as vague as you want to be or as vague as you need to be uh, plans leading up to the album as far as we know we're waiting on shows. So there's not necessarily an album release show immediately necessarily. Uh, But kind of what's the the end of 2021 look like for you guys? What's that game plan?
2: Um, At the moment, we're still set on, well, we're we're still hoping on the EU and UK tour with Normandy. Um, That's through October to the very start of November. Um, After that, we're hoping stuff will kind of like settle down a bit and we can open touring.
4: Um, Don't we have some more shows after that? With
2: Normandy yeah, as well, we we have some talks in. I can't, I can't really say it. <laughs>
4: All good. Uh, Vegas, no, no, Vegas, no you need one. to be
1: there. There's stuff on the horizon after that. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, think, there
4: I is. think me and Benji are talking about two different things. Um, but one of them's definitely announced. The other one, yeah. The other, Norm, the other Normandy thing is.
2: Oh yeah, so we're going to Russia straight after that.
4: Wait, there it is. I w- yeah. I was worried about <laughs> giving our information then? Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. But
2: we're, we're very hopeful of getting out to the US next year. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And that's
1: awesome. as much as I can say. Yeah, no, that's all good. Um, without telling you know track names or anything, are there plans for additional music videos leading up to the album?
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, yes. At least one.
1: Okay. <laughs> awesome. Um, I, Possibly two. We're at that point because the album. Yeah, <laughs> I think we're at that point where the album's just far enough away. We don't want to give fans too much, you know, and I, I don't want you guys to get in trouble with sharp tone or anything like that. Um, so what we'll do is we'll change direction just a little bit. Um, I always like to try to end the conversations with just like a one of those oddball questions, right? So the fans really get to, to see kind of who you are as a person. Um, so let's do this. If you got to be on a TV show, US, UK, doesn't matter, wherever you know your TV show is, what's the TV show that you would absolutely want to be on? Uh, Brooklyn
4: Nine-Nine, I would be a uh, titled thug being arrested <laughs> for uh, stealing, stealing a load of beers from a 7-Eleven, something like that. Uh, just, I just want to get yeah, handcuffed by uh, uh, Rosa Diaz. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> see, see, here's the
2: thing, right? She's hot in that, but she's not hot in most of her stuff.
4: <laughs> Benji, don't start this with a Benji. No, <laughs> no, not, not while we're here. We can um, talk about this later.
2: <laughs> US quiz shows. I, I'm a really, like, quiz show aficionado. Do you yeah, have master- I can see,
4: I can see you on Jeopardy, definitely. Do you have
2: Mastermind in the US?
1: We don't. Or, um, yeah, I've seen it on, on Facebook and stuff. People share episodes and whatnot, uh, but we don't have Mastermind. We have... Um, I'm trying to think if we have anything that's like real similar to that. We don't oh, really. Dude, we could talk about you. Family Fortunes,
4: <laughs> yeah. but it's just me. But it's Family Feud in America. Family go. Feud. <laughs> but it's and just it's, me. Um, what's the guy's name? Is it Steve... Um,
1: it's the Steve tar. Harvey is the,
4: the new... Steve Harvey, Yeah, age. Yeah, we're literally thinking about the mustache. No, it's Steve Harvey. <laughs> right. Yeah, Family Feud, but
1: it's just me. <laughs> well, it's just Tom. you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> I've always thought it'd be interesting, you know, with Family Feud specifically, uh, it would work well. They've done, like, celebrity ones before, but I think a musician versus musician one, you know, get different bands on there doing that would be super fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You should start that up.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I got to get the finances.
1: Zoom call on your podcast. (laughs) This is Family Feud, but with
2: (laughs) Currents versus Crystal
1: Lake. Yeah. (laughs) We'll definitely start, uh, like, planning that. And I'll definitely let you know if that becomes a thing. We'll get you oh, guys yeah. on it for sure. I'm on straight it. Straight over it. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so that's really everything I've got. Obviously, I'm going to link all your socials and all that sort of stuff. But let fans know, like, the best place to interact with you guys. You know, until shows become a thing again, um, and what they can expect from you.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Faith, Facebook, Instagram. You know, we're always there, and. You know, like we said, we replied to everything, you know, someone was just having a crap day, just one messages. you know, we'll get back to you. We'll, tell you. we'll tell you how crap our day's been as well, you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, again, I appreciate you guys taking the time. Uh, like I said, I'll link everything. I'm definitely going to be, you know, broadcasting your stuff as much as I can. Uh, I believe both singles so far off the new album have made our – weekend waves playlist that we update every week so uh, you know yeah really looking forward to the album i um, going to talk to the girls over at big picture about sneaking a copy so i can do a uh, album review before it comes out but uh, yeah great. you know I, I think hopefully you'll go get over here to the u.s and we can link up at a tour date and and do one of these in person instead of over zoom absolutely once the album's out, we'll do this again, and we can uh, we
4: can stop being so secretive about it. Yeah, <laughs> awesome.
1: <laughs> and I'll I'll talk to uh, Becky and, and them and see. We may do it like right before the album release or something. But yeah, we'll definitely have you on again. I'd love that. absolutely. And
4: let let's do it at a reasonable time for you so you can have a beer in your hands as well.
1: Yeah, awesome.
4: <laughs> Appreciate yeah.
1: it, guys. Thanks so much.
4: Thank no, you. Thank you.
1: Awesome. Have a good one. Cheers. Bye. <laughs>
0: And that was my conversation with Benji and Craig of Caskets. Again, really appreciate them taking the time to do the conversation. Hope you guys enjoyed that one. Caskets has been on repeat for me. They've made the Weekend Waves playlist uh twice, actually. And they're definitely a band, like I said earlier, that the sky's the limit. They're partnered with Sharptone Records now. I really think that. They're getting ready to blow up in an incredible way and definitely think you guys need to be checking them out as well. Um, let us know in the comments what you thought of the conversation, um, what you think of their new single lost in echoes and be sure that you like subscribe, follow them on all the different social medias as well. Um, Benji and Craig both mentioned during our conversation, uh, you know, that they're super active. They love replying to comments and, you know, really making connections with their fans. So take advantage of that. You know, it's something that some bands don't really focus on. And these guys fully understand. They're so humble. They fully understand that without fans and, you know, you guys listening to them, that they don't get to do what they love. So Uh, As always, we'll have links to their social medias and everything in the description of the podcast. Be sure that you jump over and tell them what's up. If you're just now discovering caskets from either this podcast or our playlist, let them know. Um, We're super excited. We're going to try to have them back on a little closer to the album release. Um, Again, the album release is in August as of right now. Um, so we're pretty early in the album cycle, so they couldn't give us a ton of details on like upcoming singles and music videos and some of the plans that they have yet, um, which we totally get in respect. So let them know that, hey, you make the scene, had a great conversation with you guys, we'd love to hear more, and we'll be sure that we get them on a little closer to the release date so that they can release more information and give you guys what you want to know. For now though, uh that's everything I've got this week. Would love you guys to like, subscribe, share, follow our podcast as well, uh as well as our Instagram and Facebook. And yeah, that's everything for this week. So I'm going to take you out with the new single Lost in Echoes buy caskets remember guys take care of yourselves take care of each other and you make the scene